you have reached the voice mailbox of Game Thing Season 6 Speed Running. You have 9 new messages. Saturday, the 16th of September at 1.08 p.m. Hey, David. Uh, it's Pippin calling you at the end of the speedrunning season, which, I mean, you know, we've talked back and forth about this on different mediums, but feels like it's taken, it's taken a while. Uh, we've really slowed down at the end. Um, I think more fatigued by our real lives than by our commitment to hardcore speedrunning. But here we are nonetheless. <clears throat> trying to wrap it up, I guess, and uh, figure out what we've what we've learned, what we've unlearned, uh, how fast we've been, uh, how slow as well. And I think, you know, I picked this season because I was curious about speedrunning and wanted to learn more, and I, I feel like you did a great job of really engaging with you know, speedrunning as a community practice. You know, you were up up in the discords, asking people questions and uh, watching the YouTubes and stuff, which is kind of what I wanted to know. But then, of course, uh, me being me, the thing I ended up trying to do was just like be good at speedrunning. And I, I can't say that I succeeded at that, but I, I do think that I got the first-hand experience of it, the uh, the phenomenology of speedrunning that I was kind of hoping for as well uh and it was difficult and it was um also kind of thrilling the thing that i was most excited about was the glitch stuff that was very difficult to uncover on our own but i think one of the most memorable aspects of things for me has been um learning how to do accelerated backwards hopping in Half-Life 2. That was really significant. I know that was um, that was at the start of the season, but it sticks with me. I've showed it to a couple of people, and they're, you know, duly impressed. It felt felt like engaging with a different layer of the video game. And so I guess, you know, here we are. Uh, let's tie up some loose threads if we can, or maybe unpick some uh, of the beautiful fabric that we've been uh, making together and talk maybe a little bit about... Final impressions, the biggest takeaways, the most memorable moments, uh, the things we wished that we'd said and we, we didn't get to. What's your what's your number one game thing um, after all is said and done? Get back to me fast. We're in a hurry. Bye. Sunday, the 17th of September at 12.39 a.m. Well, here we are the end of the road for now for this for us and I appreciate your desire to rush but uh, I rush for no one and at the same time time waits for no one so here we are uh, and we've been talking about speedrunning for a long time and even with whatever pauses there were between games, midstream on a particular game, uh, I think we've always had it in the back of our minds, uh, even if we weren't transmitting thoughts to one another. And I would say, <clears throat> you know, we could we could we could debate the merits of how much 
one or the other of us got into the spirit of the season, <laughs> which usually means something else, that phrase. But, uh, you know, here, you know, look, like, regardless of how you felt about it and I felt about it, at the end of the day, uh, we did it. We tried it. We both have records. Um, hopefully that won't bar us from getting hired in the future. But, yeah, we have records, world records. That is uh, <laughs> third, fourth, or sixth place on VVVVVVVV. And I think it's difficult to be cogent and poignant uh, for me specifically because, you know, I always think I feel like by the time we're wrapping up, it's when we're just getting into it and I'll have probably something more definitive and significant to say later um, when we're not talking about speedrunning anymore. Uh, but something I think about a lot, and I think I said going in, and I think I've referenced along the path here, is this whole nature of, you know, what I heard a lot from different speedrunning communities is this sort of talk of we are scientists or we are musicians sort of way of talking where they talk about speedrunning where they're performing, they're doing research, but, you know, having done it myself, I still wonder, okay, well, what is all that research doing? Or what is the impact of this music? Not that it needs to have any, but what I've been thinking about a lot is, like, even if it's just about the spectacle, uh, I don't know that speedrunning is really anything but a spectacle for anyone but the person playing. You know, I think for for those who watch speedruns, it's sort of like rubbernecking a bit. And I guess, you know, I've talked about this before. It's an extension, in a way, of uh, quality assurance, QA stuff, which I think I said from the very beginning of maybe with Portal or maybe with Half-Life 2, where, you know, I think at most... Uh, Speedrunning just helps make developers aware of glitches that people find. And I think that's true, but I don't know that that's the end-all, be-all thing to take away from it. But I'm still sort of striking flint together here, syn synaptically. Is that a word? Of just like, all right, well, but, you know, what's it doing? Um, and I guess that's my question for you, is like, is that looking at it the wrong way, and if it is, what piece do you make with it either way, or what do you think that's a, a thought on the way to thinking about it when thinking about it a bit more, or uh, is that another blind alley? I don't know. Just a thought. Night, Pippin. Monday, the 18th of September, at... 8.40 p.m. Hi, David. Yeah, what's it doing? I mean, what's it doing? Uh, well, I mean, I think that one of the things it, uh, speedrunning, is doing is a pretty good job of returning uh, sports into my life. I played a bit of sport in especially my 20s and then not really since then. 
and speedrunning, you know, as as we've discussed, and as especially expressed in, I guess, first-person games where there's a lot of running around and doing it fast and with agility and so on, it really scans as sports uh, to the eye, and I, that is the spectacle, I think. It's not so much rubbernecking as fandom when I watch uh, a speedrun online, and the more I appreciate the game, uh, the more I appreciate the athletic prowess and knowledge of the the person doing the run so i mean i think that that's one of the things that speedrunning is doing is just another field of human endeavor where people are pushing the boundaries of what's possible for the human uh, body and mind and i guess <laughs> to some extent that makes me think about chess boxing as a, as a close analogy in in the way that it involves like extreme physicality um, physical finesse and power, um, but also like ultra brainitude, understanding of the nuts and bolts of a game, how it clicks together uh, in a in a chessy sort of a way. So it's the it's the chess boxing of video games, uh, I would say. Um, but yeah, I'm actually really grateful uh, to the season for reintroducing that feeling of enjoying playing a game really well in this really specific. Um, sporty way and actually to that end um, as I as I said I would um, I got GURP registered on speedrun.com I submitted my seven minute run uh, to get that going uh, which was apparently enough for them to <laughs> to give me the green light to be the moderator for GURP and then I added all of the YouTube runs I could find um, including the world record two minutes 59 seconds and a bit uh, run so that's all official now and I feel like you know, I'm doing my little bit for, you know, both the GURP fan community, such as it is uh, 12 years after the game came out, and also for the athletes who spent all of that time really um, getting good at that game, because my goodness, they they got so good at that game, and I, I loved watching it. Um, you know, and then I think about a game like that, Dragon Cancer, which I... I think it's likely I have finished faster than any other player, um, but I, I don't have quite the same drive to put that up on speedrun.com. So, you know, what is it doing? One of the things it's doing is, is sport. Um, did you feel sporty? Were you, were you feeling like a little sporty guy uh, running around in these games? What is TAS in the context of, of speedrunning as sport? Tuesday, the 19th of September, at... 12.36 p.m. Hey, Pippin, it's David. On a rainy Tuesday morning. Probably out. Um, I'm between some things, so I thought I'd call you back. And trying to not take the bait of whether I felt like a sporty little guy and say something regrettable about how... Um, how I was sitting at my computer wearing a jock strap or a cup or something. So I'm glad I didn't say anything like that. I'll just say, you know, <clears throat> I felt no sportier than usual this past season. I think as you learned and as I knew, um, the only thing I could win a competition in, <laughs> despite having won some awards and, and trophies and things, is uh, not being competitive. I think the most I ever felt it was, in the uh, 
preseason when we were doing neon white, um, which I know you got really into, quote, rectifying <laughs> anytime I had uh, gotten a uh, slightly marginally, literally split second better time than you. Uh, and that's a that's a weird game to I think think about because uh, I know speaking for myself, speaking for you, speaking for a lot of people I've talked to, and even speaking to some of the communities I uh, poked around in, there's something about speedrunning where people don't seem to like games that are intended to be speedrun. Like there's something about the the pursuit where it must inherently be uphill in some way and I have no qualms about it either way but there definitely is something about a game where if it's if it's there for you to do it or they specifically you know patch things out so that it would be non-exploitive uh with no possibilities to be exploited in some way that it's somehow lesser um so I wonder if in a way like you and I are both talking about like yeah, speedrunning is largely a human thing. I mean, even you said that it was pushing the boundaries of what we can do. I mean, I wonder, and I wondered throughout this whole season, like, what does speedrunning say about the firmament of a game or the guts of it? What does it say about the nature of games? Maybe there's something there. Maybe there's something because you make games you can speak to. All I can say, you know, as when it comes to the wonder uh, or the spectacle, I think it's something that can't, when it comes to speedrunning, it's something that can't be put into words. Like, it reminds me a bit of, like, if you have to explain a joke, it's no longer funny. So maybe if you have to explain a speedrun, um, that's not the point of it. I don't know, though. I mean, scientists breaking things down to a molecular level says something, right? <laughs> but why does it matter if it leads to something? Can't we just say, like, you know, it's as usefully playful. No, no, no. Can't we just say it's as uselessly playful as any other form of play? Um, but I don't know. I'd rather hear about the games themselves than us as people. I know what people are. I've been one for a while. All right, bye. Wednesday, the 20th of September at 6.37 a.m. <sighs> Wednesday, the 20th of September, at 2.39 p.m. Whoa! Do-do! Hey, David. Yeah, I mean, phone tag, etc., right? But that's all right. Um, yeah, you know, what does, what does speedrunning say about the nature of games? I keep, you know, asserting, I think... Uh, that it does, and I still think that it does. In some ways, I feel, it just, I guess, feels so self-evident that maybe it's been a little bit difficult to fully express. Um, but before that, there's a B on me. Sorry if that uh, if that alters my my conversational style. The sporty thing, just a quick doubling back to that. You know, in your mention of the neon white times, my my fantastic neon white times, like that is a sporty. A sporty feeling for me. The bee is now on my nose. Um, in that, my nephew, uh, who lives in London, also 
has neon white and <laughs> when he was visiting recently he was so impressed by my neon white times and so I did have this kind of experience of seeming like an elite athlete uh, at least for a moment uh, and then the other sporty thing that happened to me of course is that um, as I said I, I submitted GURP uh, to the speedrun um, whatever powers that be and it's now in a, a recognized speedrunning game um, and initially, of course, I submitted my own run of around seven minutes, and I therefore held the world record, which I, you know, I knew I didn't. And then I, when I added the other runs that I could find on YouTube, including the the extremely fast one, I actually got an email telling me that my world record had been broken. Uh, so there is this idea of kind of being notified uh, about your your fall in the rankings, and again, like that sort of exhortation to to get better and to jump back into the competition, I guess. Uh, but in terms of, you know, the, the ways in which speedruns reveal something about games, I mean, I do think that when I watch speedruns and when I've been trying to participate, one of the big things I experience, uh, maybe you too, I don't know, is this oscillation between the depicted world of the game, you know, we've been mostly playing games where you're a person in a world, there's that, there's that sort of, you know, the metaphor or the representation of this actual world that you're sort of really in, uh, and then the underlying systems representation of that world, um, which is, you know, a world of, of programming and level design and, and, and pieces like that. And that speedrunning is very often a bouncing back and forth between those two ideas of, of what a game is, uh, depending on which one lets you go faster, right? And I think in some ways, one way that we could think about what speedrunning is, is doing or what speedrunners do is kind of backing their way into game development roles, um, like kind of reverse everything um, of a video game. The, the standout thing for me here is the Half-Life 2 um, equation that exists in the code that led to, or that is the reason for accelerated backwards hopping, that, you know, I, my guess is that they found ABH before the equation, but then the fact that the community knows that the equation is the reason for accelerated backwards hopping is this sort of reverse programming effort. Like they, they unprogrammed the game in some sense or unwrapped it enough to, to interact with a single line of code in a productive way. Um, and then likewise, I think there's a kind of reverse level design going on in speedrunning, right, where you see the world of the game, but speedrunners, the, the good ones, can essentially see the colliders of the game and the, the seams between the colliders and places where you can, you know, uh, most importantly, get out of bounds and, and ways to accomplish that. Again, Half-Life 2, um, one of the first things you can do in a good uh, glitched speedrun is back out through the wall of the train and, and run off. Um, and you can only do that because you can kind of see the, the underlying reality of the game, the, the code reality. Um, and, you know, I feel like I'm going on, but this is kind of, to, to me, it's the core point. But um, another side of this that we, we also got to experience was this kind of forensic investigation uh, thing where it's less of a kind of embodied experience and more of a, an externalized thing of doing tasks, for example, tool-assisted speedruns, which, which you, you played around with a bunch in Conan, to Conan, as you like to call them. Um, you know, you play around with to, to really dig deep into the, the frame-based input of a game, um, or, you know, I, I got to read the source code of GURP a little bit and understand how the seagull is actually operating and keeping its beady eyes on the handholds and the, the present especially. So it just feels so generative. It feels like this very deep research approach, and it just feels like this love affair, um, maybe with the idea of games as software, um, which I really identify with, and, and it's just got a, it's got a place in my heart, man. I make these things. I like to think of people 
Paying attention. Wednesday, the 20th of September at 7 p.m. Hey, it's David. Uh, hope you're alright. That situation with the bee sounded harrowing. Um, would hate for you to get stung while calling me. It's not, it's not worth it. Um, and, yeah, I don't know, man. I, I think it's like we're agreeing to agree and agreeing to disagree. Um, and I think, you know, there was a conversation I had uh, with a friend of mine who he said over the course of this season, he, he made the argument, and I think there's something to it, of how speed running is something akin to a, a fetish uh, where you can sort of define your own kink uh, with playing video games as a speed runner, which is like, you know, there are people who insist on speedrunning games and doing every side quest. They actively avoid the main story. I wound up doing that on games that were super uh, buggy. I think it's things that like we've all tried, and speedrunning uh, is just one of many expressions of human curiosity and exploring boundaries and possibilities. And I think what we're also talking about is just getting to a place with a video game where, you know, you've surpassed the intended way to play and you're coming up with your own rules. Uh, and there's all sorts of, you know, oddities wrapped up with that, uh, like in Half-Life 2 where you, you, know, you put a bucket on top of someone else's head and it's just these beings of geometry reacting in ways that uh, are unpredictable and don't you know, they sort of break the reality, and you're seeing past the game into the pure mechanics and rules, and, uh, you know, finding two and two don't add up to what you think they should. Um, and, uh, you know, speaking of numbers, you know, I've noticed we both keep gravitating towards Neon White and Half-Life 2 with only passing mentions of the others, and I want to just say, you know, for whatever time we have left, like, okay, what about the middle eight? Uh, I think back to something you said, and that you said as a curiosity when we started on this season, is what story does a speedrun tell? And I think with an exception or two, we didn't really speedrun a game all the way through, so we had a slightly different experience with it, despite having done it for a couple of months now. Um, but, you know, I thought it was kind of funny and striking how in Titanic Mystery, you know, it became a story about a diver who was gladly lost at sea um, with an office that you could go to <laughs> and a bedroom and, and just uh, reporters that were just always there and they just waited for you forever. Um, you know, that dragon cancer became a game about running away from pain. Um Punch Out Blindfolded became just a blur of noises made of scare. In my case, became a bit of a uh, bit of an obstacle course or a relay race or just a. Uh, actually, it felt like a series of uh, map quest directions or uh, Google Maps. Let's let's try to stick with the 21st century here. And Conan, uh, you know, I really really slowed time down. It was a bit like uh, reading a piano roll, um, and I was the uh, player piano, but, you know, for you, the middle eight, you know, what stories do they tell? 
even if it was just a couple of story beads that you saw uh, buzzing by you like so many bees. All right, man. Bye. Hope you're good. Bye-bye. Thursday, the 21st of September at 2.40 p.m. Well, hey, David. It is I, Pippin. I think that's how you're meant to say it. Uh, Cool stories, bro, as they say. Um, It's true, you know, that the way that we play when we're speedrunning does, you know, it totally leads to different stories. And, And one of the things I'm struck by, I think, especially is video game story worlds... Um, I guess like, you know, other forms of media, linear media as well, are kind of expecting you to be operating as if it's the first time. Like, everybody responds to you like it's the first time any of these things have happened. Uh, That's the way that the story goes. So everything is sort of meant to seem, or is reacted to as if it's spontaneous. Everything everything that you get up to is brand new. But of course, for a speedrunner especially... um, as well as for other gameplays, it's often, you know, your fifth time, your 20th time, your hundredth time doing these things. Uh, and naturally, then your behavior and the way that you go about playing is totally different uh, to if it was your first time. And that creates this real disjunction between the way the world is and the way you are. Uh, and you kind of don't belong in some sense, um, I think. And that, that, that makes me think especially of Made of Scare, just because I think horror really underlined it. Um, the disjunction between the way a speedrunner moves through the world and responds to it is totally different from the commitment to being scared we've talked about in the past with horror. And so I often find myself wondering, you know, there's that, that guy who smashes another guy through a window, which is really the first big jump scare of the game. And initially, of course, you, you look at it and you're kind of like, oh, wow. At the very least, you're like, oh, that was a good jump scare. But once you're speedrunning, very soon you are not actually even pointing the camera at that event. You are already whipping around uh, the next corridor. I often wonder if, if that guy's kind of offended that we didn't uh, shriek a little bit more. Same thing for that, um, you know, our favorite voice behind a door who we just hear kind of dwindling away as we charge on to the next thing. Um, I wonder, you know, how these people feel that we're kind of ignoring the big beats. Um, but I think there's also you know, a bit of a meta story with these games that's sort of about the vulnerability of software. Um, it's kind of a flip side to the engineering outlook I was thinking about in my last message, right? That all of this reverse engineering and prying into the code also is this illustration of how software is, you know, kind of weak and fragile and, you know, trying to keep it secrets. And yet we're prying into its private life, reading its code, testing the boundaries, poking and prodding it in these intimate ways, maybe more than it, it wishes to be known. Um, and it raises all of these questions, of course, about you know the nature of playing, where the boundary of play is. It's, it's clearly not just in the fiction or the world. Um, speedrunners expand it out to the, the code and the geometry and, um, and all of these sorts of things, right? The magic circle is, um, is full to bursting. Bye, man. Thursday the 21st of September, at 7.21pm. Ooh. Invoking the magic circle, huh? Well, I guess the big thing about speedrunning is speedrunning puts a big X through the magic circle. 
right? And if I turn to dictionary.com, it tells me that cool story, bro, which is a thing I have not heard in about 10 years. Uh, dictionary.com says cool story, bro, is the perfect sarcastic response to tell someone <laughs> that their story wasn't, in fact, cool. That it was kind of boring. Actually, the definition online says that it was kind boring and pointless and a waste of time. The phrase also spawned an image macro meme used to make the response even more biting. So I guess I have to fill in the blanks here with my mind. Um, which I think unintentionally is a really good way of demonstrating what the quote-unquote point is of speedrunning, <clears throat> which I've already said is sort of, that's not the way to think about it, is to not figure out the point of it, because the point is kind of clear. You would say it's a sporty thing. I would say, well, it's obviously just trying to get from A to B as quickly and as unhingedly uh, as possible. And all this season, you know, there's been two competing quotes or monologues um, that have gone through my mind from that documentary. And I think it makes sense to continually lean on that because those are people who, uh, as we've said and we could imagine, you know, have spent a long time, literally years, uh, playing the same game over and over, quicker and quicker, to the point where they're playing a different game, and the game that they're playing is unrecognizable as the game that comes vanilla out of the box. You know, maybe the most eloquent I can try to be is that speedrunning is Neapolitan ice cream, and you just wait until you've let it sit out on the counter for a while, and you let it get nice and mushy, and then you just you know, take your, your large spoon or your scooper and you just, you you just, you know, mush it all together. Um, so one quote is from Omni Gamer. And Omni Gamer says, one of the things that I'd like to point out is that speedrunning is just choosing to optimize the particular narrow problem of a video game. And even in daily life, people try to do this in all sorts of different ways. If you're going to the grocery store, Hey, that's where you get ice cream, Pippin. I think I'm saying that right, right? Uh, people try and do this in all sorts of different ways. Um, if you're going to the grocery store and you have a parking lot full of cars, you have to decide, okay, am I going to try and get a spot close to the entrance? Do I say skip that and park far away and have more walking time? For a speedrunner, you have to actually answer that question. Is it better if I'm going to try and look for some place uh, closer? At what point do I lose out if I'm going to park farther away if the probability of me finding somewhere close isn't great? And then you have to carry on from that. You have other things you have to start to think about, like if I'm coming out with a cart, it depends how close I am to a cart return. And it just kind of goes further and further down the rabbit hole. That is a speed-running problem, OmniGamer says. At the same time, Narcissa says, as I've quoted Narcissa before, they said, it kind of tore me apart, talking about their uh, burnout on speedrunning. Um, but Narcissa says, I decided I was done. I could kind of just see the void. As you pour more time in, you get diminishing returns. Like, most runs are not good. But then, like, 
oh, one in 10 rounds is good. Oh, one in 100 runs is good. And one in 1,000 runs, one in 10,000 runs, you start asking yourself, why am I doing this? And Narcissa continues, this enormous time sink for no gains, it just becomes meaningless. Like, the meaning just disappears. It wasn't so much about discovery, and it didn't even really feel like it was about story anymore. It felt like it was the void. So that's where I stopped. My brain was literally, like, addicted to the dopamine of past successes. Games are not infinite. They are a specific size. There's so many bites. Part of the reason that Ocarina of Time and Mario 64, for example, had such a passionate community, had such passionate communities, is because the nostalgia growing up with these games. These games were magical experiences. The kids of today are having different experiences. The nostalgia window is closing. And I think, you know, this is David speaking again, not quoting anyone else. I think the delirious joy and madness of speedrunning is that both of these sentiments are true. You know, you laugh into the void and it laughs back. And you could certainly look up what it means and watch the video or videos of people who have done these things. But really, you got to do it yourself, you know? End of messages. Thank you for calling GameFig. For more information, or to leave us a voicemail, please hang up and dial GameFig.life. Your call is important to us. While you hold for the next season, consider supporting GameFig at Patreon.com slash other game things. Goodbye.